Hey, welcome to True Baloney. This is episode number eight, and it's going to be a good one. I don't know that for sure, but I have faith. I, I do. believe. Thank you. Thank you very good. Thank you very much. See, it's already <laughs> off to a great start. Uh, I just want to say a couple of things off the top of the show. One is we would love you to go to iTunes and rate us. That helps us. I don't know how it helps us, but it does. It's also much more helpful if you give us five stars. Um, If you're not going to give us five stars, don't even bother. Right. But seriously, go on there and do that. Um, Another thing is we're on Twitter at TrueBaloney. Retweet us. Follow us. Send us your ideas. Say, hey, guys, we have this and this. Also, if you have questions, if you want us to answer your questions in Did some sort of... Did we leave some stone unturned in a previous episode? Did we not ask an obvious question that you've been dying to know? Or do you want to know what our favorite sandwich is or how to open this particular can of pudding? Um, stuff like that, just ask us and we will answer. Also, one last bit of housekeeping is that uh, earlier in an episode, Peter said, if you don't like the episode, come up to him and tell him that you didn't like it and he will give you a dollar. And so I stand by it. we need an I update. How many it. dollars have you given away? Zero. Exactly zero dollars, which means that everyone who's heard an episode of our show has loved it. That's right. And... You know, I, can, I stand I by only, that. I mean, I can only assume that that's what that means. So, again, you go to Peter, ask him for a dollar, he'll give it to you. And you got to not have liked the show. That I is mean, true. I'm just not going to give you a dollar. You have to have... Right. This isn't a no questions asked thing. Right. You have I'm to actually actually give a reason. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like returning a blanket. Right. 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 All right. right. So, hey, guess what? We have a guest today. Yay! It's not just us talking, by the way. I'm George. I'm Peter. And uh, our guest today is Ben. And uh, Ben has a bunch of amazing stories. He's a biologist. And for me, that means looking at slides under a microscope. But I think for you, it means something else. Well, yeah. Um, So I ask the students each year. I I teach biology. I've done research for years and years. Um, And I always ask them, what does biology mean to you? And the things that invariably come back are microscopes, cells, (laughs) slides, mm-hmm. uh, anything that can be done in a lab. So I started to think about why that may be, and it's people coming into college. Uh, and that's typically what you could do with um, an hour in high school, <laughs> is you can't really go take a field trip. You can't study something for six years and mm-hmm. learn about it if you have 50 minutes to wrap everything up. But biology and science is just much more broad, and the biology and work that I do is more outdoors. So to me, it's a lot more fun. What it means to me is you take your dog with you, they run around, they play, you collect your data. It's it's amazing. And the, I, I know because um, one of your students works in my office, and uh, I know that one of the things you do is you go out and look for snakes, and it turns out that is, we... Is that a herpetologist? That is, um, although... Herp, the, the way it gets its name is, is Latin for things that crawl. So for some reason, they lump, they lump amphibians and reptiles into this, like, creepy crawly category. Mm. But they're both pretty... Subphylum dip- creepy crawly. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's one of the is Linnaean Is that marks. also the root word for herpes? It is. So herpes is a creepy yeah, crawly? you get it from creepy people. Wow. Yeah. See, I just I derailed your train of thought. No, no, it's it's okay. But herpes. I wanted to get to herpes. Yes, so. I, I I could tell that that's as, where you were headed. As long as I've been doing this, you know, I've never been asked that question. 
<laughs> I never get that. People are like, oh, this again. Um, but it's learning Latin. Folks, they have to keep teaching Latin. If you read the Harry yeah. Potter books without knowing Latin, You'd be lost. so much of it goes by. Like Professor Lupin, for example. Exactly. Anyway, I don't remember any herpes jokes right, so in Harry consider Potter. Consider that a plug for dead languages. But the word ejaculated <laughs> does appear in one of the Harry Potter books. And is that I, a spell? No. Uh, Ron ejaculated. It is in there. You find it. I promise it's there. But as like he is as a spoken yes. ejaculation. Yes. It's a spoken okay. ejaculation. Right. This is going badly right off the let's bat. Let's talk about okay. biology. Yeah, let's, that is, is biology. <laughs> <laughs> ejaculation is biology. That is true. That is very true. But I don't think that's why people are tuning in right now because <laughs> – because I want to hear more about the snakes because it turns out we're in southern Illinois and you think that's a, a safe snake zone. And it, it is a safe no. snake zone. But we have venomous snakes here. We're lousy with snakes, right? I mean, we've got snakes all over the place, don't we? Well, sure. I mean, and uh, what do you mean by like, a lousy snake well, zone? I mean, certainly no, we, don't, saying, we don't have diversity. I mean, like what? we have snakes like you have lice. Like we are lousy with – Oh, like, okay. We have, a, we have lots we have of snakes. a lot of snakes. Oh, That's gotcha. what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. Uh, in Illinois, we have about 40 species roughly of, of, of snakes, of which four – Four are ones that you would have to worry about. Okay. Um, one of those is pretty endangered. Um, What's that? That would be the eastern Massasauga rattlesnake. And where we are, do do your listeners know where you're based out of? Uh, we've never talked about it. Is it like WKRP in Cincinnati? You don't have a little <laughs> chime at the beginning? And it's Trubaloney in, in Lebanon. In, I like it. Oh, I'm going to... We're going to copyright that. Grab it. Isolate that. You may, be have, isolate you may that have somebody that. contacting you right now for more than a dollar for copyright infringement. <laughs> That's okay. Honestly, any sort of controversy will improve <laughs> exactly. our ratings. Exactly. Okay. So, so we are in Southern Illinois. So, yeah, we are uh, close to St. Louis. And um, one of the, the biggest population left of this particular species of rattlesnake occurs at Carlisle Lake, which is about 50 miles east of St. Louis, roughly. And not only is it one of the biggest left in the state, it's one of the biggest left in the country. Uh, Michigan has higher populations, but that's really about it in terms of the snake and the snakes um, being able to hang on. And it's a relatively small, and by small I mean maybe three feet total in length. Because huh. um, if I go like this on radio, you can't see my hands. <laughs> so I'll say three feet in, in length. Um, and they're, I don't know what your personal thoughts are, what your experiences are with snakes, but they're rel these particular snakes are relatively docile. And they rely on their camouflage, and they don't, even though they're rattlesnakes, it's more of a defense. Um, as opposed to striking somebody out of fear or meanness, which is kind of the things that are perpetuated. But um, as you know, one of your uh, colleagues, if you will, or a student in uh, your office, uh, is doing a project with me, and that project is involving copperheads. And copperheads are one of the other four venomous snakes that we have in the area. Um, and I've spent the last 15 years or so studying snakes, um, and started at Carlisle Lake in 1999 uh, with the Eastern Massasauga rattlesnake, and I think that's the story that I'm probably going to wind up telling you guys about today. Well, I I want to hear about your your run in with it. What, say it again. The Eastern Massasauga rattlesnake. Eastern Massasauga rattlesnake. Was Massasauga a place? Uh, yes. Is it different than Western There's Massasauga? 
Well, there's different interpretations of where that name come from. comes from. It could be meaning blotches of sun. Um, it is a Native American uh-huh. term. Uh, there is uh, a city called Mississauga. Um, okay. That's within the range of this species. Uh, and, and those are the two main ones as to where they think that it comes from. But eastern as opposed to western is not necessarily an eastern uh, Massasauga as a place, but there is an eastern Massasauga as a species. And if it. you cross the river, which uh, is I very difficult for things without legs or fins or what have you, uh, so they don't get over to Missouri and Iowa and what have you as much, that's actually a different species over there, and that's the western Massasauga. So Thank Mississippi you. River Thank you. Mississippi River is kind of a big division for yeah. lots of lots of critters. Um, as as are the Rocky Mountains, it's kind of tough to get over make that. it over that. Yeah, unless they go through the Eisenhower Tunnel. Sure, and yeah, that hasn't been around all that long. Oh, that's so. right. That's true. Okay, yeah. and is that toll? Uh, <laughs> right, and snakes don't have pockets. <laughs> no, no, it's very tough to uh, have currency. Exactly. Okay, so tell us. Well, sorry. Oh, I was gonna just going to ask if if all rattlesnakes, like, are there aggressive rattlesnakes like out in Arizona? Sure. So what you were saying is in terms of of our 40-some-odd species, only four here in Illinois are venomous. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them occurs basically way down in southern Illinois uh, in, in very, like, Tupelo, Cypress swamps, and that's the cottonmouth. And they're sluggish, but, you know, they're, they're, they're there. Um, the copperhead is pretty widespread, and that's most of the envenomations in uh, – if you I, – I can back up. Uh, entire United States, roughly about 8,000 snake bites per year okay. that are reported. This is people who wind up going to the hospital. Okay. 2,000 of those 8,000 roughly are from venomous snakes, meaning somebody got bit, bit like a milk snake or a garter snake or a water snake, all of which are non-venomous. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't know the difference and they go as a precaution. Whereas the other 2,000 are from venomous snake bite. And of those 2,000 in the entire United States, over 95% come from the eastern diamondback and the western diamondback. The other 5%, a lot of those are copperheads just because they're so widespread. Um, so rattlers are nasty. Some, yeah, some of those them, ones. Some of them are, ones, uh, yeah. but not all of them. Um, but you could – and that's immediately one place that your mind could jump to is that rattlers are nasty. But what if I were to tell you this – and that is the vast majority of all snake bites. And, and I don't know, maybe you guys know this, but about 87.23694% of statistics are made up on the spot. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's true. I was, I was just about to write that 87% down, and yeah, now I'm crossing you, it out. Uh, uh, but roughly, so roughly uh, probably two-thirds to three-fourths of all venomous snake bites occur to a person's hands or fingers. Oh. So that means somebody is down probably picking up the snake, uh-huh. uh, handling the uh-huh. snake. And what's interesting is 40% of those, when they get to the hospital and get checked out, they have a blood alcohol level of over <laughs> 0.1. Hmm. So it's, now, it's now, okay. intoxication. So would having... And it's males typically from the age of 19 to 30. 34 I don't know what you're like insinuating that. about the male of, of our species, but I think testosterone is rough. But okay, so then that raises the question: What would alcohol in the blood do to the venom? Do you like thin would like the alcohol the thinning your that blood? That is a wonderful question. Would it so increase of course, the speed and science right of here. The, of, 
I, I can see the fire in your eyes, the passion of, of this. You really of this need topic. to know this because yeah. you're heading out there. Are you going to Carlisle soon? You, are you going to? No, uh, but it's cocktail hour in a couple of hours. Oh, and okay. I, and you want to know. be prepared. To All right. Exactly. Good. Good enough. For enough reason. Uh, so I think you know the link here is is that they uh, allures your inhibitions. Yes. So you'd be doing yeah, okay. things that you normally wouldn't, but the toxins. So there's two main types of toxins that you'll find in snake venom. Uh, and there's roughly two groups. There's the the pit viper group, uh, which all fall under the viperid group. And then there's the old world snakes. And that's like coral snakes, you know, more southern distribution. Red um, touches yellow, you're a dead fellow. Exactly. And we have things that mimic that, like our milk snake here mm-hmm. has those colors. But if it, in Red a touches black, you're okay, Jack. You got it. Wow. Yeah. I'm ready. You, you've done your homework. If you're coming, I'd, I'd say, you, George, you get an A. Like that's, Thank you're you. You're done for the nice. entire semester. Oh, you're kind of, set. You're ready. I kind of pride myself on being unprepared for these things, George. So, <laughs> Yeah, of, that, that's just one right. little bit. So, okay. a, a little bit of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would lower your inhibitions. You're touching, you're grabbing the snake. But and for the, uh, the pit vipers, the vast majority of all the rattlesnake bites, there, there's two types of toxin. One is a hemotoxin. And hemo, you're thinking blood, so it disrupts your blood. It basically breaks your red blood cells apart, and it stops what you have in your blood, the platelets, from building what they call the platelet dam. And it stops this protein cascade where you make fibrin and fibrinogen uh, that basically stops you from bleeding internally. But venom is – there's about – at least if you take a sample of venom and you analyze it, it's mostly proteins. And these proteins are enzymes, and these enzymes are designed basically to break down fats, break down other proteins, break down things that make you you, essentially, right. is, is what it's designed to do. And there's over 20 different toxic proteins found in snake venom. And mm-hmm. as far as the pit vipers go, the most of the venom is hemotoxic, so it breaks up your your blood. It, it stops you from being able to essentially coagulate your blood and to stop bleeding internally. Uh, and it starts digesting you, essentially. Oh, wow. So if you're a mouse, right? right if you're a mouse, right. you get bit. Um, it basically, it's going to soften up the tissues. It's going to make. It's going to start the digestion process. It's also wow. going to immobilize the prey. Uh, and the other component to the venom is sometimes there's a tinge of neurotoxin. So what that does is that stops the signal getting from your brain to your muscles to run. So you can't run away after you've been bit, so you're much easier for the snake to find and then ingest. You also don't put up a fight because you can't swing your arms or bite your jaws, right, if you're a mouse trying to defend yourself. Um, But by far and large, most of it is hemotoxin. So if it's rupturing your red blood cells and your blood is already thinner, I think that would probably exacerbate the uh, condition. Yeah, okay. So good to know. So be careful. Good to know. Now, sorry, one more thing before we get to your story and this has been terrific by the way this is the most we've learned ever um (laughs) on this show neurotoxins hallucinations like do would people actively seek out some sort of buzz or high from getting bit no no it's not like toad licking okay uh, which that is it's uh it's it's a hallucinogenic yeah um, and we, we could chat about that some other time. Or you know what? You could audit my amphibians and reptiles <laughs> class in the spring, and we'll discuss all these Only things. Only the toad licking. Just let me know when on the when syllabus the toad lick day okay, is. Okay, toad lick day is. Maybe yeah, we'll yeah. bring in some, and we can have a, a, a field test of these. Uh, but no, I prefer this poison dart frog. <laughs> 
It wouldn't. It wouldn't be uh, anything that you would want to seek out, and uh, it's not not a thrill seeking. Okay, cross that off your list, kids. All right, all right. It's not on my bucket. Bad idea. So his now, you have been around snakes a lot. So, have you ever been bit by a snake? Uh, yeah, and I give that answer. It's like, I've been bit by my nephews, I've been bit by my daughter, I've been bit by all uh, turtles, like, pretty mm-hmm. much you name it, you spend enough time outside, and, you know, it's, it's going to happen, right? Okay. Um, so there's precautions that we take, but um, sometimes you don't take all the precautions that you should. And I fit into most of the statistics that I gave you. I was a male, or still am. Uh, but, yeah, but I'm my age, write that down. Yeah, yeah. Write that down. That, that's important. That'll show up on your midterm. Uh, by age fit the categories. I did not have any alcohol in my system. Uh, that's where I, but it did occur to my hands and fingers. Um, and I got bit, um, by a Massasauga rattlesnake on August 5th of 2000. So 15, 15 years, years ago. ago. Um, and it bit me with one fang. Uh, in right about in my knuckle of my was this pointer finger? So it Is barely that... get you. Uh, well, it's, that's interesting. So they, you know, venomous snakes they have venom glands. The venom glands are located towards the back of the head and and the neck, uh, and each venom gland is then connected to a fang. So there's a you know, one big front right fang, one big left. So first, venomous snakes can choose whether or not to inject venom. Huh. Uh, and about 25% of the bites from venomous snake bites, the snake does not inject any venom because they use it more for capturing prey, digesting prey, and immobilizing prey. You're not prey, right? They know they can't eat you. Um, and venom is extremely costly to make uh, in terms of the proteins that it needs and, and time. So they don't they don't have to inject venom. If they do, they can choose whether or not to inject it from one fang or the other fang, and then even how much, like a full dose, a half dose, three-eighths wow. of a dose, whatever they elect like to RN do. like RN or something. I mean, this is like... Dr. Kevorkian, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, so anyway, so I was a bit with one fang. I don't know how my, I know some venom made it in me, um, but it was towards the end of the day. It was it was a hot day in, in August. I was dehydrated. Um, so that probably didn't help things either, but, um, I was supposed to give a presentation that night. Um, and I figured when I got bit, I figured, oh, it's probably a dry bite. Nothing happened, but I took precautions and we could talk about what you want to do if, um, you know, you're bit by a snake and precautions to take, but you want to minimize venom spreading through your body, um, or at least delay it as much as possible. So we could chat about that if you would well, like. But so I, oh yeah. So George suck is out motioning me. Um, there's there's an old joke about Tonto and the Lone Ranger that I don't know if we could tell on the air about a venomous snake bite to a certain part of the body while you're micturating. Right. Oh, sorry, uh, you're, you're gonna peeing. die. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know it. Yeah, doctor said you're gonna die. Uh, essentially. But now I've heard that uh, sucking out the poison is not good. Uh, that's not good because then it could get into the other person. Yeah. Uh, and also what you're doing is sometimes they'll say to make like excise, make an X yeah. over it and then suck it. Well, you're doing more tissue damage then if, if you do that. So the best thing to do is, uh, of course, the venom is going to move through your body, through your circulatory system, your cardiovascular system. So you want to minimize that, right? So you basically limit blood flow to that area. So you'll take something, a sock, a shirt sleeve or ace bandage, whatever you have with you and wrap it over the bite and then wrap it up 
above that or okay. cranial to that. And then what you would do is you keep your limb above your heart to minimize blood to there. And you don't want to move it because when you move right. your muscles, that's forcing things through. So you don't want to move. You want to keep it immobilized above your heart. And then until you get, you know, say you're days out or whatever from getting to the hospital, you take off like one layer every couple hours. And ideally that would let one small dose of venom get in to your blood and your body could metabolize it. Oh. Then you peel off the next layer and the next huh. layer and the next layer. So the venom would go in to your system much slower. Right. I, I wrapped mine up and figured mine was a dry bite, so then I just undid it all at the same time because I was supposed to give a presentation. And that probably, in you know, hindsight's 2020, that probably wasn't the best idea. Um, so within about probably 30 minutes, I started to feel the effects, and the effects were hot flashes and cold flashes. Um, I started having nausea, or I started uh -huh. vomiting. Uh, and swelling started too. So as I said, I was bit in my knuckle, my mid-digit here knuckle um, of my first finger. And by the time I went to the hospital, maybe about three hours or so later, uh, all my fingers, my wrist, and my elbow had swollen up to the point where I couldn't bend them. Wow. Like that's how puffy, like my watch wouldn't fit on. You know, that's how puffy I was. And I also had a little bit of, it was difficult to breathe. That could have been just more anxiety in my head than anything else. But it was at that point that we went to first the local hospital, which I was at Carlisle. So the local hospital was at Breeze. And um, we went in there and told them what happened. And, uh, and they said they didn't have any anti-venin there that I'd have to go into St. Louis. So then we got back into the car Gosh. and drove to, you know, and another You're not driving at this point. No, no, no. Uh, my friends, colleagues, coworkers who, who were with me, they get lumped together because they're all those people. They fill all those roles. We work together. <laughs> we're friends. We're colleagues. Right. And drivers. And, and now, drivers. Did anyone, though, nobody said, oh, you're going to be fine? Or did you report this? Is there some sort of, like, team protocol for, oh, I got a bite here. Okay, you know. Do well, all we, these things. We and called. Then... Uh, we called our supervisor and you know told him. It's like, hey, this is got to make sure the workman's happened. comp stuff is going to be okay. Right, let's get right. that paperwork yeah. started yeah, exactly. right now. Yeah. Uh, but I pretty much knew I was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. um, I think the person who was most concerned is my friend Mike Dreslick, who went with me. And I can, uh, as we get into my yeah. trip in yeah. the ER, I can tell you why he was well, uh, yeah, con keep, concerned about that. Keep going. So we get we get to uh, the hospital. I think we went to. I don't think Barnes Jewish was merged at that okay. time, so I don't remember Barnes or Jewish. I wasn't driving. I don't remember. But we get <laughs> in, and I, I, sometimes I use sarcasm, I think, as a coping or defense mechanism. But we get in and told them that I had a venomous snake bite, and they said, do you know what snake bit you? And I said, yes, snake 87. <laughs> and they looked at me like I was doing card tricks for a dog. First, they didn't believe me that, you know, because – you don't get venomous snake bite every day, but, um, but anyway, I said, no, no, it's the Eastern Massasauga. I'm studying this and you know, this is what happened. This is when it occurred. So, uh, but the whole trip to the ER was pretty eye opening for me in terms of healthcare in our, our country. <laughs> uh, and we're in St. Louis city. So they get quite a bit of things coming into the ER. Right. The guy who came in behind me was stabbed in the gut and I'm not sure who his insurance carrier was, um, mm -hmm. but the the hospital had provided me, until I got my cozy little room, they provided me a little cot in the hallway and told me, you know, you can rest here until it's time to go in. And I was like, 
can I give it to that guy? Because like, he, he needs it. it more than me. And they said, no, that's your cut. I was like, well, if it's my cut, why can't I give it to whoever? <laughs> and they said, well, we can't do that. I was like, I'm not asking you to. So I told the guy, I was like, look, I'm not using this until you get called. Here's a spot you can lay down and or whatever you got to yeah, do. Because yeah. I thought he needed it more than, than I did. So that alone was kind of eye-opening. It's like, were they giving that to me because I had insurance or was it the best practice? Like maybe did I really need to be sitting down and I wasn't, but. Anyway, so and were you uh, were you in pain? No, there there was no pain, um, and that's even with the swelling. To, even, even with the swelling, no, there there was no pain. Um, Do you think that's a part of the venom? I mean, because I would think that that would be painful. I think it's your own individual reaction to it, huh. because some people have said years after they've been bit by a venomous snake, even if the wind blows the hair on their arm or they were bit, you know, in their hand mm -hmm. or something, yeah. that, that's still painful. Hmm. Uh, and some people do experience pain. I just wasn't one of those, probably because I'm like super, super tough. Phantom snake bite. That must be it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, clearly that, that's the only explanation that I could think <laughs> of. But that finally made it into the, the room where I was and, you know, venomous snake bite isn't something that they see every day. So anybody who was on break, um, anybody who was just kind of hanging out or didn't have a lot to do at, you know, 11 at night, one in the morning, you know, I think I was discharged at like three in the morning, but, uh, they all kind of congregated in there and they all, I think it would have made for an amazing true baloney mm -hmm. hodgepodge like show because everybody started telling the craziest, weirdest They're, things that they had seen in, in the ER, in, in the ER or in a hospital setting. And this one was a doc. Uh, in the Mideast, and he said somebody came in with venomous snake bite, and they asked, you know, a lot of times they'll say, you bring the snake with you or take a picture of it now, probably is a better thing yeah, to do, take yeah, a picture yeah. and bring it. But the guy's like, yeah, and he dumped it out from the sack, still alive in the <laughs> no. middle of the, the floor. And everybody, of course, had to clear the room, and then it took like a half hour to try to secure the snake. So that was one I remember. The other one, the other story I remember was this uh, surgeon who – was in there and he said that he had treated a father and son for lacerations to the fingers and hands like missing digits mm. um he's like how how did this happen wow. so apparently they thought it was a good idea after they mowed the yard to trim the hedges by firing up the push mower and then just kind of mm. reaching underneath and walking <laughs> it along the top of the hedge makes yeah, that sense. That makes a nice even cut. Yeah, um, Junior, you hold up the front end. I'll hold up the back end. So I, I remember, I remember wow. those those stories. Um, but all told, I was I was in the hospital for uh, four or five hours overnight. They were getting ready to release me um, until they got my blood work back. And actually, that's what I brought with me. I actually you brought kept your blood. We work. have a visual aid. I I use it in uh, in biology in, in, in my classes we'll, we'll take a picture and post it and somehow. post it okay yeah, yeah, let me somehow. uh delete my social security oh. <laughs> number off of here <laughs> well never mind maybe we won't anything post it. else we won't post we'll it. work yeah. at it we'll, 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 we'll but uh the, the reason they wind up keeping me was they got my platelet count back and um my, the platelets are the ones that help prevent internal bleeding uh or any type of bleeding essentially and it has your expected values over here and i won't give the units but it, expected values normal people are in the range of 140 to 440. mine was at 36. Uh, uh -huh. so mm -hmm. they're like i think you better you know wait here and they wanted to hydrate me i went back in two days later and i was back in the in the normal range um but my platelet count was extremely low, and I wound up getting five vials of antivenin. And um, antivenin is kind of a thing that's been evolving over time. Yeah. 
Uh, right now, you they give you a discount for buying in bulk, and I really feel <laughs> for places like the St. Louis Zoo, um, they have so many different venomous critters, not yeah. only yeah. venomous snakes, but venomous lizards too, the yeah. beaded lizard, uh, the Gila monster in the herp house. And if somebody were to get bit, you know, they actually have, if you've ever taken a behind the scenes tour, they have refrigerators, you know, stocked with anti-venom of different types. And on the back of every cage, it says, if you're bit by this snake, you need anti-venom type, whatever. Right. They may have right. a cobra, they may have, you know, a rattle, maybe something that, you know, is different different enough and these things don't last forever you have to read expiration date sure and sure. it's expensive it is expensive what do you think a single <laughs> vial uh, and a vial just think of now, i don't know maybe i don't know how many ounces are we ounces. talking about what the hospital charges retail or I'm talking what about you go on the website okay go on the website go on the website go on what? ebay and looking for a bottle of or crowfab just go to the crowfab uh home page my information is from two years ago but so well, it may have changed a little bit since then but roughly ballpark for one vial and knowing it takes anywhere sometimes between five and let's say 15 vials to, to treat do, to do a, a single do snake bite uh-huh i mean i don't know well one viagra is 15 bucks so you're talking how per- do you know that it, that's what i'm told oh okay. i just know stuff okay uh, clearly okay well i guess i guess a treatment a course of treatment to me would be like you know a thousand bucks for a course of treatment would seem like sort of maybe okay so okay. you're going i'm okay I'm, with I'm, that. I'm with 15 and you're with a thousand and that's for like a course of the treatment. Course, like meaning, you said, take fifteen vials. Right, and a so, thousand bucks should cover that. Yeah, a thousand bucks should cover all of that. Okay. Again, I think you're going to be amazed that our uh, <laughs> so a, a single vial is roughly last time I checked was around twenty five hundred dollars. Oh my god. Okay. And you had five. I had five. Wow. I can do the math. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. like forty billion dollars. <laughs> right? Is that yeah? Is that I think that's right. Exactly yeah. Adds yeah. Yeah. That adds up. Yeah. Um, so how do anyway, they make the venom? Do they have is, to have the dip, like milk the snake or something? That is like, a perfect question, and that's what is going to tie into <laughs> why my friend was so concerned uh, yeah. while I was going through this process. Um, so what they do is, so there was a way that they used to make it. It was called antivenin polyvalent. And what they do is they take venom. They actually go catch venomous snakes. Um, usually they make it from four different snakes, four different species. They have the western diamondback rattlesnake and the eastern diamondback. And those two, like I said, comprise 95-ish percent of snake venomous snake bites in the United States. Uh, and they add in the Mojave rattlesnake, and they add in the cottonmouth, those four. And they'll take the snake, take the venom from each of those four different snakes. They'll inject venom from one basically into a sheep and let the sheep build up antibodies oh, against wow. it. And they okay. harvest that out of the blood from the right. sheep. They take another of the venomous snakes, inject that into a different sheep. So you have four different sheep, right? And then they combine all four of those antibodies, essentially, uh, into one big thing that then they package and sell you. And that's this Crobefab, which is the second variety. The first one that they initially came up with was this antivenin polyvalent. Uh, And they did not use sheep. They used horses. It was equine-based. The horses are bigger. Right. The, the thinking was they could produce more, yeah. uh, more antibodies. But, you know, when they do organ transplants, they're coming from pigs because pigs are more similar, I guess. It makes the transplant a little more commensurate. Apparently, sheep serum is easier for our bodies to handle than, than horse, horse serum. serum. And when you have venomous snake bite, 
Um, if you ever experience it, you could experience localized tissue death. You could experience pain. You could yeah, experience yeah. nausea, respiratory failure, all these wonderful, happy little things. Um, but you die from anaphylaxic. You basically die from shock and perfusion of your cells and the whole cascade of shock that happens to a person not oh my god i was bit by a snake i'm in you know right. i'm scared mm -hmm, shock. Right. i mean the physiological shock response um and more people were dying from the equine based serum because they were reacting to the serum than they were from the actual snake bite hmm. so they quickly then moved away from that and started using sheep uh instead but uh, my friend was concerned about this and the fact that I'm allergic to pretty much everything. Like I got skin tested recently. I think I was allergic to 72 of 78 local allergens. Oh boy, so I'm wow. allergic to everything. Everything. And um, you're out there in the field. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's like fine. come come ragweed come season. Me. Woo! Look, look out. Uh, my stomach hurts at the end of the day from like sneezing, like pretty mm. much nonstop. So, but um, but anyway, so he was worried that I'd have a negative reaction to um, whatever they were to whatever. Give you. So. Um, and the doc doctors were very receptive to that, and you know they were glad they knew some of my medical history. Uh, so they gave it to me on a very slow drip over a very extended period of time, yeah, and yeah. I had no reaction to that, uh, and I was I was fine. And um, I got a got some nice pain pills, um, hmm. and I was Always off work. I was off work yeah. for a few days, and I have a story to tell. And you never know; you may wind up on well, so, a radio program. That's right. So to, now, to okay, I'm this. curious about the difference just. Just and then you, maybe you know. Hold on, the computer's freaking out. All right, so they talk about spider bites. It can result in like necrotic tissue death sure, around. Sure, the particularly bite. the brown recluse. Yeah, right? yeah. So what did what did spiders use that snakes don't use, or what's the what's the difference in the in the venom that it actually kills the, or does that happen with snakes too? It, it can. It can yeah. certainly happen with snakes too. You can lose part of a limb or an yeah. entire limb. Um, I don't know the venom composition yeah. of specific species I'm, I'm of, of spiders or even scorpions. That's you know, a different but what, family what, of creepy crawly. That's right. It's not herp per se. Yeah, yeah. You know. um, but I, I could guess, um, and that could be just simply because of the prey that spiders are eating yeah. and the fact that yeah. if you know what spiders do, and actually there was just a video that went around Facebook um, about Aren't you glad spiders aren't five feet tall? And so, <laughs> so somebody throwing something into a garden spider web, uh, and then it just comes out and ra I think it was some type of bee or wasp, and it wraps it up and then injects it. But when it injects the prey with its venom, it literally starts digesting right. the entire insides. So right. I think it's more of a digestive. Wow. Maybe may has more proteins for this is just complete yeah, speculation yeah, yeah. as opposed to immobilization and, and other yeah, things. Yeah. Um, so that, that's my only guess, but I don't know. But George has an interesting story about the difference between poisonous and, and venomous <laughs> that he's, he's relayed to me a, a couple times. And Well, yeah, it just, you know, there's a difference between poison and venom. And if you tell somebody the difference when they're telling a story at a party, they get mad at you. And I, I think that's all the detail we need to go we into. Should collect a, we need to collect a series of stories about times people at a party got mad at george you know what? that's a long no. list isn't it you know yeah let's bring the pain that's great we're going to totally change this instead of true baloney it's going to be awful secret shame awful shame made by george i have two questions okay all right okay we're, and we're at 35 we're, minutes i know we're right. almost out of all time right. 
Um, question number one is, let's say I um, am hungry for a uh, leg of lamb or some lamb chops. How bad would it be for me to eat the sheep that's been providing the anti-venom? It should be okay. It should be okay. Mm-hmm. I can eat it. I would think so. Okay. Okay. Because just... it's metabolized. Uh... Yeah, and it's building up antibodies against it. Like, yeah, it, yeah the venom goes through the system. And mm-hmm. I, I would hope that unless, you know, your leg of lamb was 99% off, they're probably not using experimental animals mm-hmm. for their... I'm guessing. I'm guessing they uh, are. I'd and, worry more about the prions or whatever that are in the in the sheep. Then. Well, and, you know, you're supposed to eat the lamb rare. So, that yeah. you know, we're... I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it's a bad idea. I'm just curious Where's how bad. Where's it prion? Uh, I, I always heard prion. Okay. You guys work it out. Okay. Um, got it. I got it straight then, from the... So you, but you've been bit and hit by other animals, as you said, turtles, et cetera, et cetera. Kids. Kids. How, and since we're making up statistics today, um, what percentage would you say of the bites are due to just standard professional activity, and um, what percentage would be due to, say, dumbassery? That is a pretty good question. Uh, in terms of the 2,000-some-odd venomous snake bites that go reported a year in the U.S., maybe, oh, and also, of those, just to alleviate people's fears uh on average of those 2000 venomous snake bites um usually there's been no more than six fatalities in any given year and that's been people who did not seek treatment or of course if you're a child because you're smaller you don't have as much body mass to metabolize it Mm -hmm. or you're elderly it affects the children and the elderly more um but pretty much if you go if you get bit you don't know what it is obviously go to the emergency room um, and seek treatment if, if necessary, and you shouldn't have any risk of, of death. But in terms of those 2,000, how much would be due to professionals? Maybe five of the mm-hmm. 2,000. Right, but I was specific. But not a percentage. I don't know. What, less than 1%. It's probably more dumbassery. Oh, I'm with, sure with that's dumbassery. I was talking about your yeah. Yeah. personal oh, experience because you've been – you know, attacked. How many times is it all professional? Is it all just you like, Oh yeah, I'm out in the field. I'm doing this. Oh, it bit me. Or it's like, Hey guys, I learned this crazy thing about the turtle. Ow. Oh, okay. So, um, well, well, if something can't inject any venom into you, um, then, you know, whatever happens, happens, right? I mean, like, you're, okay. it's, a little, it's a little lizard. What, what's it going to do? It, like, it just kind of hangs off your finger and sure. that's it. But in terms of, like, venomous snake bites, that, was, that, was, that wasn't me out having fun. That was right. You were you know, on the work, job. It was work-related. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and were so you were you uh, yeah were you behaving in a way, a professional manner? Were we we like, did change our protocol after that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, to make things more safe, uh, we didn't necessarily yeah. have things written down. I think the way that uh, yeah. we could have, and yeah. we, we we learned from that, and and there you have it. So, all right, I love it. I, I think that's it. a good place to end. I think it is too. Okay, I'm going to start the music. Okay. <laughs> Thanks to our guest, Ben, and uh, if you want, audit his class, so look that up, and um, we'll let you know in the future when the um, frog licking is going to take place. Do they still have, like, Rate My Professor? Is that still a thing? I was asked that the other day. I think They it do. Is, it's still there. Somebody needs to put me on there, because apparently somebody okay. looked for me and said I, I wasn't You're not there? there? Okay. Well, we'll do it. Oh, that's and I'll, a shame. I'll rate you. I'm going to give I'll... you Ooh. one of those jalapeno peppers. Oh. Um, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so uh, thank 
you to our guest, Ben. Thanks to McKendry University for hosting us. Thanks to Peter for sitting over there. And thanks to me for being awesome today. I totally killed it. Um, Like we said, rate us on iTunes. Follow us at True Baloney on Twitter. Hit us on Facebook. Go ask Peter for a dollar. If you didn't like it, that's the only thing, and you have to tell him why. But he will give you a dollar. Yep, yep. Oh, and thank you, Swing Set, for our theme music. Sure, and thank you, Ann Manning, for our logo. Yep. And I think we're done. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.